Well, um, as you're sitting down, why don't you turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at verse 33 in just a bit. But before we begin today, I'd like to answer a question that's the title of a video that you're about to see. And the uh, question is this. The video is called, Why She Gets a Day. Why She Gets a Day. Hey, buddy. What you got there? Is that a Mother's Day card? Yep. Mind if I hop over? Yep. Mother's Day. Crazy, isn't it? Yep. Gotta get her flowers. Yep. Gotta get her candy. Mothers love candy. And you gotta call her. Heaven forbid you don't call your mother, you know? I mean, what's the Bible say? No fury like a mother scorn? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, I just don't get what the big deal is. I mean, why a whole day? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like the Christopher Columbus or Al Roker. Can you name me one mother that discovered America or invented weather? Huh? You can't, can you? Because there is no mother that did that, okay? That's all I'm saying. What is the big deal? Why don't I have a day, okay? I just don't get what the big dealio is, that's all. What's the dealio? Yeah. Because she took care of you. She blew your nose. She wiped your bottom. She kissed your boo-boos. And every time you looked at her, it said, Hey, Mom, watch this. Watch what I can do. Look at me. She looked every time. No matter what goofy thing you were doing, and you know you did some goofy things. Why did she get a day? Because she gave birth to you. For all the pain, the tears, she still loved you. She loved you. You're unlovable. <laughs> That's why she gets a day. You're right. You are so right. You're right. I didn't call my mom. Can you give me a minute? Get out. Get out. Okay, okay, I'm coming, Mama. I'm coming, Mama. I'm coming. Mama. I like that. It says it all. Call your mom. You owe her. And don't just call her. God says, uh, vengeance is mine. Some of you mothers are saying, vengeance is sweet. Didn't it feel that way when you heard him defending you? As some of you know, we did a love and respect marriage conference this week. And uh, it was just really unbelievable. So powerful for Julie and me and I think for everyone who was there. And uh, so I'd like to ask you, those of you who were there, what did we learn? Men need... Respect. I think we've got a problem. You need to say it a little bit louder. Men need respect. Women need, say it loudest of all, love. We're kind of rounding out our year of the caring community, and I think it's fitting that we do it on Mother's Day. Because we've been going from the whole congregation to small groups to the marriage to the heart of the home, the mother. 
And so I'd like to talk today, kind of unpack this idea that mother, women need love. Mothers, which we'll focus on, need love. It comes from Ephesians 5.33, where Paul sums up the greatest marriage passage in the Scripture very simply and very powerfully, where he says, Let each one of you love his wife as himself. Love your wife. And let the wife see it to it that she respects her husband. It's that easy and that hard. Love your wife, and in particular, the focus. Love your mother. And so today I'd like to apply this scripture by talking about seven ways to obey the scripture here. Seven ways to love your mother as a mother wants to be loved. You can do this if your mother is still alive, regardless of your age, and uh, regardless of her age, whether you're retired with a mother who's in a rest home or maybe you're in high school or elementary school with a mother who wishes she were in a rest home, right? You can love her in these seven ways. First, love her verbally. Love her verbally. And in particular, a mother wants to hear you say, I really love you, Mom. I love you. Dear Abby, I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. Thirty-six days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and we were routed to Australia. Eleven days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. On our first date, I told her I was going to marry her, and I did, 18 months later, while on a 10-day R&R leave from New Guinea. After more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I couldn't part with hers. While Mary was alive, she'd frequently say, you don't know how much I love you. I'd reply, likewise. I never said I love you. Now her ashes are over on my dresser where I tell her several times a day how much I love her. But it's too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I couldn't bring myself to say the three words that I knew she most wanted to hear. As my dearest was dying and we thought she was comatose, I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words, and died. The reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are still alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express sometimes the depth of their feelings that are really there. And then he signs it, Missing Mary in Colorado. You know, some men would say, I'm just not too turned out that way. Well, then turn around. I'm just not comfortable doing that. Well, then be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable just verbally. Love her verbally. Two, love her physically. Love her physically. When's the last time you gave her a big hug without her uh, asking for it? Whether you're a, a father or a child, or a kiss on the cheek, or a neck rub, or just sat on the couch and held her for a change. She's the first person who ever touched you. 
She wrapped you up in her womb for months, and when you came out, her first priority was to hold you. And she cuddled you. Couldn't stop doing that. Stroked your head, rubbed your feet, held your little cheeks against hers, gave you a finger to grasp. She did all those things in love, including grooming your hair with a licked thumb. I hated it when my mom did that. Didn't like that kind of touch. When you were little, she, you know, she could say, give me sugar, and you'd pucker up and she'd accept your wet, sloppy kiss, right? And even say thank you. You gave, you gave her bear, you know, you give her bear hugs so tight back then that you, she, you didn't have to hold on, she didn't have to hold on to you. You just clinged her as she walked around. She changed your diapers. Potty trained you, held the Kleenex for you to blow your nose. She did. Wiped your food off your face, you know, long, years longer than she should have had to. She constantly touched you. And she may have had, you know, she may have to hand you off to another. She probably will once you marry or whatever. And her life may endure some heavy changes, but she deserves your touch. You owe it to her. And she should never have to give that up completely no matter how old she is or you. It would mean more to her than flowers or candy or eating out or a diamond necklace. Well, that may be going a little bit too far. <laughs> I've not told Julie about the fact that several other ladies have been pawing at me. This is the first time I've actually done this for quite some time. In fact, it happened whenever I visited my mom and her friends in her assisted care facility. I spent countless hours in those kinds of places. And, and, you know, when this little kid walks in, this ruddy, opy kind of face, you know, and she walks in, and guess what happens? There wasn't a single time when some of those precious old ladies didn't try to reach out and, and touch him. Total stranger. You can tell they're starved for that simple, that uh, innocent brand of physical love. Yeah, do it verbally for one, but two. Love her physically. Three, love her patiently. Mothers have an incredible job with no pay. No position in the business world, I think, compares with the physical, with the emotional, with the spiritual commitment that, uh, that she has in motherhood. This is called no occupation. Many of you mothers have to hold down another job on top of all of this that I'm about to read. And even if you don't have another job, all of this is more than one job. All of what? Listen. She rises up at the break of day and through her tasks she races. She cooks the meals as best she may and scrubs the children's faces. While school books, lunches, homework too all need consideration, yet the U.S. Census says she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes all are done, she bakes a pudding, maybe. She cleans the rooms up one by one with one eye watching baby. The mending pile she then attacks by way of variation, yet the census says she has no occupation. She irons for a little while, then presses pants for daddy. Some of you do. <laughs> she welcomes with a cheery smile, returning lass and laddie. A hearty dinner she cooks, no time for relaxation. Yet the census says 
She has no occupation. No woman does all these things, but most of you mothers do a good number of them. Some of you on top of a full-time job. Unbelievable. Don't ever make the mistake of asking a woman, do you work or do you stay at home? That is a slap in the face. And it really, really hurts such moms. The only thing worse you can do is ask you if you're if she's you know if she's due if you're not a hundred percent sure she's expecting. <laughs> but that's another subject. Here's the point: in spite of all that she does, we often become impatient with her. You know, we get so used to her taking care of things that we come to expect it, and we're outraged if those clothes are still dirty. Right. You're out of my favorite cookies, Mom. You know I like that over rice. Where is it, Mom? She's picking you up at school because you don't like to ride the bus and you're scolding her for being five minutes late. Oh, love her patiently because she's tender to your needs. She is. And because she's tender to your needs, that's no reason to take advantage of her. No, it's reason to be patient with her and to love her all the more. Kids, it's, it's unfair to, for you to be considerate and patient with your friends and your friends' mothers and not with your own mother. That is called hypocrisy. It's unfair. If you treated your friends like you treat your mom, you wouldn't have friends. Some of you. And if you treated their mom, you know, like you do their, like you do yours, their mom wouldn't let their kids have anything to do with you. Your mom deserves better. She, she's not a rug to wipe every negative thought on. And she often feels that way. And for us with older mothers, too, let's love them patiently. James Dobson read on Focus on the Family a letter from an 80-year-old woman uh, on her birthday. To all my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you what I truly want. Um, what I truly want are things I can never get enough of, yet they're free. I want intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed. We can talk or we can be silent. I would just like for us to be together. I need your patience when I don't hear what you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating, but sometimes I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience when I think too much about the past with my slowness and my set ways. I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. I lose things. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out bank statements. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I took it already. I take too many naps. Sometimes sleep helps to pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, understanding. Those are priceless gifts that I want. Finally, in his letter, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eye anyway is on me. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he cares for me. 
I guess being old isn't so bad after all. Love mom. Love her patiently. Five, love her attentively. Mothers are far more likely to listen as you, as you pour out your heart, more likely than anyone else. Your, your mother, she has a sympathetic ear and always has. And even as adults, many of you have gone to your mother who will really listen and understand when you really need to pour out something. She'll always be on your side. You may have seen the documentary last year of men going to uh, execution for, for capital crimes. They, they interviewed the men and their mothers too. And inevitably, the mom would say, he's such a good boy. The interviewer, yeah, but he slaughtered 37 with an axe. And she'd say, I know, but he's got a good heart. It's no wonder we like to talk to mom. But now she's older and she has issues, and now it's your turn to be her rock and to take time to listen. Hey, listen, it's payback time. You owe her. But she's always complaining about her physical ailments. Yeah, just like you used to always complain. She, she asked the same question over and over and over again. Yeah, just like you used to do that. Mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have Mommy, 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 mommy. In their older years, our parents have many fears and anxieties. May we treat them as we'd hope to be treated when we're in their shoes. Love her patiently. Six, love her gratefully. An elementary science class had been studying magnets and um, how metal objects are attracted to them. At the, at the end of the semester, the um, teacher put on the exam this question. Six letters, it starts with M. Picks up things. What am I? Now, they were supposed to say magnets, but what did they say? Yeah, mother, my mother. She needs a sincere thank you. And not just on Mother's Day. She needs it from a genuinely thankful heart when it's least expected. Some of you are living the best days of your life right now because you still have your children and you still have your parents. There are two things that we should realize at that time of our lives. One, about our children, and that is one day we're going to be really missing them. And another about our parents, and that is, one day we're going to be really missing them. Oh, love her patiently. Six, love her generously. There's nothing too good for her. We could never repay her, but we ought to die trying before she dies. So often she didn't spend on herself unless all your needs were met. She could so easily do without sometimes. And now it's time for her to have something she wants. And you begrudge it? She clears her schedule so you can run around. She gives up opportunities so you can have more opportunities. You know, a little kid was asked this math question. He was supposed to give his answer in the form of a fraction. The question is this. If there's ten at the table and one apple pie, how much does each one get? Kid said, one-ninth. And the teacher said, don't you know fractions? To which the kid said, don't you know my mother? If there's that many at the table and only one pie, she don't want none. Love her generously. 
Finally, seven, love her honorably. Honorably. Exodus 20.20. Honor your father and your mother. It's what we read at the beginning of the service. That your days may be long on the earth. Do yourself a favor. Love her honorably. First command with a promise. This is binding as long as your mother lives. Another command says, obey your mother and father. That's non-binding once you leave the home. But honor is different. If a husband is the head of the home, then the mother's the heart, so don't break her heart. Yeah, but my mother wasn't honorable. Well, the Bible says nothing about exceptions here. And I, I assure you, I've read the Bible many times. I've tried to find one. There's no exception. It only asks, is she your mother? Honor her. Let me sum it up. This is called When God Created Mothers. When the good Lord created mothers, He was into the sixth day of overtime. When an angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around this one. Lord replied, have you seen the specs on this order? She's got to be completely washable, but not plastic, have 180 moving parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers, have a lap that disappears when she stands up, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love affair. And six pair of hands. The angel shook his head and said, six pair of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me the problem, said the Lord. It's the three pair of eyes that mothers have to have. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, what are your kids doing in there when she already knows? Another at the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't but what she needs to know. And, of course, the eyes in front that look at a child when he goofs up and say, I understand. I love you. Without so much as uttering a word. Those are the most challenging eyes of all to create. I'm so close, said God, to creating something just like myself. She's going to have to heal herself when she's sick, feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger. Some of you mothers are doing that right now. Get a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. Not only can she think, she's got a reason and compromise. Finally, the angel bent over and ran his finger across the cheek of the mother. There's a leak, he pronounced. I told you you were trying to put too much in this model. That's not a leak, said the Lord. That's a tear. What's it for? What's it for? Asked the angel. The Lord replied, It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. So much in one tear. You're a genius, shouted the angel. With a somber look on his face, the Lord said, I didn't put it there. She did. How about, how about a hand for the crowning jewel of God's creation? Shall we, men, kids?
Lord, help us never to be too busy for Mom. Lord, if you could take time and great effort on your cross to tell John, the apostle, to care for his mother. If you could do that in your death, help us to love her and care for her while we still have her in our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do something by way of application this Mother's Day that I think is a perfect application, but one that you might not think of. How many of you have heard, She's My Sister Congo Bike Tour? She's My Sister Congo Bike Tour. This summer, eight cyclists are going to come together for ten weeks, and they're going to travel from Miami to Maine. They're going to travel 1,506 miles from, from Florida to Maine with one purpose, to raise awareness of what's happening to some mothers over in the Congo, to what's happening to women and children over in the Congo, to uh, send various forms of aid. It's totally brutal. It's unbelievable. can't even speak about it from the pulpit. The She's My Sister Bike Tour is a new initiative from the American Bible Society. They, they said that their goal is to bring healing through Scripture-based trauma therapy. To bring healing through Scripture-based trauma therapy, Bible studies, support groups, and other vital services, along with nutritious food, holistic health care, and job, job uh, training. There are eight cyclists. Uh, Shannon Cutlip is actually from Summit County. She's one of the eight. And today we're going to come together over in the Commons right after this service. It'll go from now for about a couple hours for those that come to the second service too. Uh, we're going to come together in the Commons for a silent auction to raise the $3,000 that, that we need to send Shannon off. This is what you'll be bidding on. Pieces of art like this. I've already got my bid in on this one. Where I'm going to run over there and do that. I've not done it yet. There are a lot, there's a lot of artwork there. Uh, that's just one of more than 30 pieces being displayed. And the photographer also happens to be Shannon. So, just stop by and meet our cycling photographer. Who's given her a good part of her life for one of the most important causes in the world right now. Shannon Cutlip. I don't think this could have been done on better, uh, done on a better day. So come and give the women of the Congo some real help. And on top of that, all donations are tax deductible. What a deal! What a Mother's Day gift! Why don't we all stand? This is for you, mothers. Now go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all people as you do. Strengthen the faint-hearted like you're doing and have done. Help the suffering and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit that He wants to give you and that He has. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be through you as it is uniquely through you as moms. We thank you. Amen and amen.